Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 261 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. I was recently reading a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and I came across a story that I found very interesting. It was about a gentleman named Francis Tugun Crowley. He was... Uh, at the age of 18, he got into a fight at a dance, basically, and after the altercation happened, he ended up shooting two people going on the run. His story does not improve from there. Uh, as he continued to be chased by the police, he continued to rob and shoot more people until it got to the point where he was cornered in New York in May of 1931. Uh, he was at the top of a five-story apartment building, and the uh, there's estimates between 150 and 300 police surrounded him. There ended up being so much commotion going on that it started drawing spectators like crazy. Over 15,000 spectators came to watch him be arrested. As he was working and fighting against police, he would take his... Uh, machine gun and he would stick it out the window and he would start pulling the trigger and over 700 rounds were fired into the apartment building. But what's really interesting is while he was being shot at by police and he thought he was going to die, he wrote a letter that said, under my coat is a weary heart, but a kind one and one that would do nobody any harm. And that stuck with me. As I was reading this book, it talked about how oftentimes people do things and they are in the wrong, but then they find a way to justify themselves and why the thing that was wrong was acceptable. I had a conversation not too long ago with a gentleman who had been involved in wildlife in multiple states, and he talked about the illegal moving of wildlife. Um, Back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, they wanted to spread elk uh, across different areas. And there was a, a bunch of pushback from ranchers and a bunch of different groups on where the elk should or shouldn't go. And so they couldn't get it passed. So what they did is they ended up taking a horse trailer, blacking it out so you couldn't see they ended up trapping a whole bunch of elk and they hauled them to areas that were not approved and they dumped them. And then they drove home and then pretended like nothing happened. What was so interesting is the areas that these elk got dumped in are the very areas that I was working in having problems with depredation and all these issues. And I remember a rancher telling me that it was my fault that there were elk here. And he was talking about the state. He wasn't talking about me personally, but he said it was my fault that this, the elk were here anyways. They didn't spread naturally because there were no elk here before and they were illegally dumped. And I thought, dude, you are up in the night. Like what you're saying is for the birds, because it's just not true. And then to have this conversation happen later. Uh, another instance, I was talking to a friend and he was in charge of moving nuisance turkeys. He was trapping turkeys in a different state. And they would give him these turkeys and they would tell him where to dump these turkeys. And it wasn't an approved area where they were dumping 
Um, but it was basically on state lines with another state and they knew that the better habitat was in the other state. So they were gathering up all these turkeys and they were dumping them into another state, basically. What does this have to do with two-gun Crowley? I think that uh, state wildlife agencies, as well as federal agencies, in the past, and probably still now, have done a lot of justifying some of their actions. I am really okay with the oversight that... When I was working for the state, people would come at me with questions, and I think it was good because states have justified doing things that weren't approved so often in the past that the pushback that we get, that states get now, is really okay. Whether you're a biologist or a researcher or whatever, uh, to me, it's an important part of the whole process. You need people to be able to tolerate wildlife, to have wildlife in those areas, elk or deer or moose or whatever in different areas, then there's going to be absolutely no trust between the partners and there needs to be trust. I had a situation that I got myself involved in, uh, probably told it before. We had a cougar that we had darted underneath somebody's deck and I was asked to go release it. I went to an area and thought I would release it really quickly. Well, the scenario didn't play that out that well. Cougar ended up having some physical damage to its skull and it was unable to continue to survive. But at the time, I didn't know that. We reversed the drugs, and I opened up the crate, and it didn't just run away. But as I was waiting for this situation to unfold to figure out what to do, ranchers started showing up, realizing I was releasing a 100 to 150-pound adult male cougar, and tensions ran very high. They weren't aware that this was an area that I could dump cougars, and there hadn't been a whole lot of communication in that scenario. A lot of these guys were from Wool Growers Association. They had sheep, they had cattle. And so, again, I am comfortable when people say they want to have oversight over how the state manages wildlife. I think it's very important that all the players are involved to create transparency. I think that a lot of the issues and a lot of the communication are because things are done behind scenes where they are intentionally trying to hide or not give the full scope of what is going to happen whether you are creating a new unit for bighorn sheep or um, setting up restrictions because of sage grass or mule deer or cougars or whatever it is. Oftentimes there's a lot of conversations that are had behind doors that are hidden from the public because they don't want that process to drag out. But sometimes that process needs to be dragged out. So you don't have to come back later and try to justify why you did the things you did. All right, you guys have a great day. Stay wild.